Blog Talk Radio. Hi, I'm Laura Stinchfield. Radio, and uh, today I'm pretty excited because we have Laurie Spagna on, who is another animal communicator, and she is going to be on during the show doing readings with me, and I'm going to interview her a little bit about um, what her life is like as an animal communicator. Um, Just to give you guys all an update on I, she is... um, She's on her way home from Japan today. She's flying home, so and she's feeling much better. And uh, I believe her mom is out of the ICU, um, which is phenomenal. And uh, we should have I back on our show next week. And she should be in the chat room next week, too, for all you guys in the chat room. I'm sorry I can't give you guys as much as attention as I would like. Um and so Lori and I are going to be taking callers, and I'm going to get her on right now. So, Lori, are, oh, I get her on. Lori, are you there? Hey, I'm here. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Thanks for coming on the show today. I've been really excited about this. Me too, Laura. We've been talking about this for a long time. It is so much fun to be working in collaboration with another fellow friend and psychic it's so awesome i'm totally looking forward to this show thanks for having me yeah sure thing so for all of you who know for for all of you out there Lori's another animal communicator and she's also a dog trainer and she does personal readings as well and uh, i really admire her and i i kind of feel like we're a little bit similar in the way that we both have a background in handling animals um, and we kind of understand animal communication from that perspective as well, which I think adds a little extra dimension to our work, don't you think, Lori? Yeah, I absolutely do. I, I love being able to um, facilitate help for people when it comes to behavioral aspects, too, because I know for me I was trained by someone who spent 20 years training government service dogs for the United mm-hmm. States government. So when I was trained by him um, in this very intensive training program, I know when I was working with the dogs there, a lot of times they'd be they'd be basically communicating to me, saying, like, you don't have to poke me, you don't have to prod me, you don't have to flip me, you don't have to pin me down to get me to cooperate with you. You just have to work as a partner with me. And I feel like that is such a huge lesson that I get to bring forward to others from my through my training, you know, so it's not it just training. So, so how was that working with them? I mean, were you able to say, hey, the animals were talking about this, and, hey, I don't want to do it, I don't want to do these old school methods? I mean, what was that like for you? That's such a good question. You know, no, it wasn't like that then because I was a new trainee in an old school reality. I was not yet as, this was like seven years ago or more actually. So I was not really as as experienced as I am now in this metaphysical reality that I'm now part of. And in those days that sort of seemed kind of crazy to them. So but they knew, my bosses knew, and, and my trainer, you know, this guy John Van Olden, he knew 
they knew that I was doing really well with the training. I was definitely having a lot of tremendous success, and I definitely also was a risk taker. So I ran into a lot of quite challenges that other of the, uh, my colleagues didn't. But it was I didn't get to share that to answer your question more directly. I didn't really get to share that then, but I knew it. I definitely knew right. it. Right. It was yeah. a, it was the goal for me with my business because I knew I was getting that stuff. I knew it was real. And it was why I ultimately named my business Ethel's God, which just spells dog's life backwards because mm-hmm. they were mere reflecting information to me. They were they were just displaying information that I knew I needed to go go you know, learn and expand on and that's how that all started. So so tell me, Lori, like did you like when did you know that you could hear the animals? Like did you always know that? I always knew it. I mean, when I was a little girl, uh, you know, seven years old, I have my a recollection of going to SeaWorld and making a real and authentic connection with the whales there. But I didn't really know it. I remember walking out of SeaWorld saying, that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. I want to work with animals. And I remember even younger than that, playing with imaginary horses in my in my room and just kind of having dialogues with them and knowing that I was talking to horses. But it right. was like every species, you know. A lot of us have that, right? Yeah. The only thing, and, yeah, the only thing is I, I wasn't trained in it back then. So once you get trained in it, you start to learn how to use it and really develop your, your, your gifts and your skills. And how is your family? I mean, could you say, like, hey, the animals are saying this? Or, you know, like, no. what was your family like? Did they like animals? Were they an animal family? Yeah, yeah, they liked animals, but they saw animals the way most of humans do, which is like they're mm-hmm. just your pets, you know. You know, you stick them in your house and you walk them a few times a day and you play with them when, you know, not everybody sees them that way. But, I mean, it, my, I grew up, did you ever see that show, Laura, on TV about the kids who are psychic and they grow up in families where the families aren't psychic? I don't know what that show yeah. is called. Growing right, up like psychic, psychic or something? Yeah. That was sort of like me. I grew up psychic in a family that of non-believers. Nobody oh, wow. even had any idea. So for me, that was really hard because I didn't know I was psychic. I just couldn't understand how other people didn't know or couldn't see or understand what I knew and saw and understood. I, right. I think it's the most I frustrating thought... thing in the world. It's so frustrating, you know, yeah, to be I psychic and no one knows. I felt yeah. the same way. For my dad saw ghosts and my mom talked about fairies, and so they were, they were open. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's so about... cool. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. It was more when I got into, like, the real world that I was like, well, how could you be, like, hurting animals this way when don't you know what they're talking about? Don't you know what they're saying and feeling? And Yeah. So, so, um, so when did you decide that you wanted to, like, do this as a business? Like, when did you decide that you were that good? Or, I mean, was it hard for you to say, wow, like, I know this well enough to, like, tell people what their animals said. Was that like a big jump for you? Well, it was a huge jump. What happened for me was I was working in corporate America, and because when I went, I remember when I said that thing to my dad about Shamu, the sea world, he said to me, you can't do that because you won't make any money. That was his belief (laughs) system that I for a long time adopted, right? Right. Yeah. So I was working in corporate America, and then – I, my brother died unexpectedly from an accidental drug overdose, and it was at that point, that was a total wake-up call for me. And I know that you know because you connect with humans who have crossed. Yeah. And you're a medium. And 
anyway, I was hearing my, you know, I call him, I called him my dead brother in my ear. Because it wasn't like, there was no ego around it. There was no good or bad around it. It was just, that's, it was kind of a joke for me back then in a, in a weird way. Because it was like, oh my God, I can hear my dead brother in my ear. And all these strange, really strange things were happening. Like the CD that he gave me popped out of the case. And the book that, he, that we bought together was on the floor one day. Weird stuff, you know. Anyway, it turns out that that was the wake-up call for me. That was a divine contract for him to wake me up. Um, and at that point, I became a professional dog trainer. And, and how working. old was he then? How, was he when he, how old was he when he crossed, when he passed no, away? No, how, how old were you when this happened? Oh, my gosh. I was somewhere around, um, I think, eight years ago, eight or nine years ago. Oh, okay. So I became, it was not probably nine years ago, because then I started becoming a dog trainer, and that's when really I just had this vision, like this dream throughout my whole life while I was in corporate America, that the voice in my head would say, how do I be of service to animals on a global scale? And how do I make God my boss? And the other question Mm -hmm. was that I I wanted to know the truth of everything no matter what. I wanted the Mm -hmm. truth. So those three Mm -hmm. mantras, those are kind of like powerful things to be asking the universe I didn't really know that that's what I, what I was going to get. I just thought I was going to be a great dog trainer. Yeah. But, I I think it's really amazing that you put God into it or higher power because I know that there there was a time in my career where I was just so exhausted. And just because everything that the animals think and feel sort of goes through us. And I just, I couldn't really, I mean, all I did was work and sleep. And, yeah. Um, I went to, to go see someone about this, like a healthcare practitioner, because I was so tired. And mm-hmm. and he he told me, you need to pray. Like mm. you, you your body is healthy. You just need to pray. And and I wow, think, that's I beautiful. Mean, I believe, yeah, I always believed in a higher power, but to actually like include a higher power in your daily routine. Yeah, it really it I really we need to do that in this type of work, don't you feel? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm really impressed that your healthcare practitioner told you to pray. I think that's incredible because what happened for me was I would I was going to the doctor for the same kinds of stuff, and what they were doing was pumping me up with pharmaceuticals. So oh. it had gotten to the point right before my brother died that I was on pharmaceuticals like from one end to the other of the kitchen counter or the bathroom counter, like so many you can barely count. And then I was smoking to deal with all that empathy, the, the, the empathy you know, that, that ability to be an empath, to feel those things is so powerful if you don't know how to manage it. So that's what sounds like was going on for you. But I was yeah, like, definitely. And did yeah, you I was drinking, I was like, doing all this stuff. Yeah, and when, when you're so empathetic like that, I mean, I, I went through a point in my life that where, like, I, I couldn't separate the two. I didn't know who was me and who was them and who was the person sitting next to me or the dog across the street. I, That's I right. I had no idea. Yeah, and, you have uh, to barely get trained in that. That's that's exactly what was going on. I, I totally understand that. That's so cool that your doctor said to um, – to yes. start praying. Well, he's, a, he's a Chinese herbalist. He's a medical doctor, but he's uh, a Chinese herbalist, so he, uh-huh. he is open to all aspects of health. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's so yeah. cool. Yeah, so that, that that's the same thing that happened to me, too, because like I said, I was going to the doctors, but eventually I found one who said to start to meditate. Mm. And when I started doing that, and it, I, mean, I, 
I was already doing it, but I just wasn't using it as a tool in the same way. It was more like meditation was something I did, but it wasn't as a tool to help me heal myself. Right. Um, from all those drugs and all the, I was, like I said, I, I almost said this, I was smoking, I was drinking excessive, excessive amounts. I was 65 pounds heavier than I am now. All that stuff's a thing of the past for me. But once right. I introduced meditation as a method of healing myself, and then I got happy with the dog training because I started to live my, what mattered to me. And mm. then I went after that, I went away to Maui for two years and everything transformed. I started using meditation as a way to really have the experience of an absolute connection with source that I was not even in the mix. So what I was doing at that time was I was literally practicing how to let my body die through meditation, which is mm. kind of an unheard of experience unless you've really studied it. It's pretty no, wild. I totally, I totally know what you mean. I was taught to meditate in junior high to help me with school. So I've been meditating mm-hmm. for a long time as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like just, it's it's a huge part of my, my every day. Like how yeah. often do you meditate and for how long? Like do you? And, well, you know, and, and now I don't meditate so much anymore. But what I used to do when I started, I'm in that space all the time. I feel like my life is a walking meditation Right. And I'm using parts of my brain that that most people don't access. Like when I teach people about how to become animal communicators, I teach them to access different parts of their brain. For example, mm-hmm. a theta brainwave, which is a brainwave that connects us to universal intelligence. It's one of the ways I'll connect with the intelligence of another animal. And it's a brainwave that connects, psychics use it, right? Whether we know it or not, we're accessing that connection to source. And that brainwave also modifies and regulates all the cells of your body, by the way, so it helps you get healthy if you can access it. But anyway, mm-hmm. I, I don't meditate so much anymore because I'm always, I can just take a few breaths and go into that altered state. It's so easy for me now. But when right. I started it, it was always like, you know, a few minutes in the morning and a few minutes at night every day. Right. Yeah, because it's interesting that you say that too, a few minutes, because I always tell people like, you don't need to sit down and meditate for a half an hour, an hour. Just when you're in line at the grocery store, just pay attention to what you're thinking about and pay attention to your breath. Yeah, I mean, breathing. It's, see, the thing, I think with meditation, a lot of people kind of get hung up sometimes in thinking that uh, they're supposed to do it somehow, they're supposed to silence their thoughts, they're supposed to become in this altered state. And, yeah, those things ultimately do happen. But that's not what the point of meditation is even. It's not like a means to an end. It's really like an end in itself. And if you kind of see it that way, like you're just breathing into your belly and really letting the oxygen fuel you and you're just going into a very relaxed state where you can just give yourself a few minutes every day to connect with your breath inside of you and just give yourself the gift of silence. Whether or not your brain's going a million miles a minute is not the point because eventually the brain will surrender to the silence mm. and the breath. And that's really what it is. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges for people when they're learning to meditate. Everybody these days wants to learn to meditate because we now know the benefits of it. Right. You know? And, and if I could share one more, can I share one more little thing about that? Of course, yeah. When I came back from Maui, and as I mentioned, I was I before I went to Maui, I was 65 pounds heavier. I was smoking two packs of cigarettes or more per day for my entire adult life, since like 13 practically. I was drinking two pots of coffee a day, drinking six or more or eat eight or more beers per day, pumped up on pharmaceuticals, stressed out, I mean, to the nth degree. 
Well, when I came home from Maui two years later, all of that was gone. None of it was part of my reality. And I went to the medical doctor, and I had it, all my tests checked, everything. And she said to me, you've either been, you are either a professional athlete or you've been meditating. She said, you're so healthy, I cannot believe it. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not a professional athlete. so. And she said, I'm going to start telling all of my clients, my, my she used the word um, patients, to start meditating. This is three years ago, over about three years ago. Wow, so that's pretty wild, right? Yeah, yeah, really wild. Yeah, and now I'm healthier. It's almost like I, the work that I do with as a healer because I use alternative healing modalities, and all the healing work that I work with. Uh, to me, I'm healthier than I have ever been. My body shows no indication whatsoever that those things were part of its reality. It has no memory of those things. In, oh, that's so fascinating. In its physiology, yeah. And this is what you can do when you start working with this stuff. Yeah. So, cool. Lori, tell me this. What is your calling? Do you have a calling? Yeah. I used to think it was to be of service to animals on the global scale, and it and it still is. You know, really now I use the word rather than service, make a contribution, a significant contribution. But more what it is, Laura, it's to help people wake up. Mm. The animals are already awake. Mm. It's to help people wake up to the truth. Yeah, that's so nice. And so, like, do you feel like, like, do you ever get frustrated um, at people at all? Do I ever get frustrated? Yeah, like, do you ever get like frustrated that they're that they're not waking up fast enough? Or, um, I mean, people come to you because they want to wake up. Yeah, don't you feel? Yes. Well, I don't. I wouldn't say that I get frustrated. Although I have certainly had times where I did. I think I've addressed that now because I realize the divine timing of it all, and I know that it's gonna all it's gonna happen as it's supposed to for each unique individual and collectively. And I understand yeah. dimensions and how all that's related. But what I would say is that um, I do. I have an agenda to help people wake up, and my most important agenda even before that is to get my agenda out of the way because it's never my agenda. It's always mm. the agenda of creator in collaboration with a human or an animal that I'm working as a translator for or as a healer for and with. Mm. So it's mm. not my agenda. I can't be. And if, if the frustration's there, it gets in the way. Mm. My job is to get that out of the way. Yeah. You know, I recognize okay. it's never my agenda. So It's interesting. What do you say... You know, because we have a lot of rescue people on the show and, you know, a lot of people who love animals rescue and a lot of people who love animals are empathetic. And, mm-hmm. you know, I really love people. I'm, I'm, I love animals, but I love people too. But mm-hmm. one of the common things I hear from people is uh, I don't really like people. I like animals. Right. And so what would you say to people like that? I, I, that's such a good question. I hear that a lot. Well, the thing that um, that happens is what we don't really realize is our dislike in the world is an energy. There's an energy of dislike. There's an energy of hatred. There's an energy of resentment. And those energies are what cause the problems of the world. Mm-hmm. So in order for us to have better, uh, better worlds and have animals be treated better, we actually have to stop hating the people who do, it, do those things to mm-hmm. animals. 
We have to stop mm-hmm. disliking them, and we have to see them as part of the divine cosmic plan, that they're there to help us love and forgive. Mm-hmm. They are literally the people that we so-called don't like or the people that we so-called hate or resent or judge. They're there mm-hmm. to help us to learn to forgive, which is what our animals want from us. Mm-hmm. Our animals want us to become more loving. Our animals mm-hmm. want us to learn to forgive. Our animals want us to become less judgmental. That's what they're showing us. That's why we love them so much. But they want us to be that way. <laughs> quite a challenge, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> and I so, I so agree with you. I'm, and I'm curious, like, did you, is that something that you sort of evolved into? Or as a child, did you pretty much have that already? Oh, no. <gasps> Laura, such a good question. I love that I'm being interviewed by you. This is so much fun. <laughs> You know what? Here's the thing. In my family of upbringing, they projected, as we all do, we project our beliefs, our ideas, our thoughts on others. And we, we think that they're that way, but it's really our belief system. But in my family of upbringing, they used to tell me that I was mean. They used to always tell me oh. I was mean and that I wasn't nice. And I knew that was never true because it was actually, I, I knew I was nice. But anyway, I set it out. I set out an intention at a very young age to become love. To be loved. And the other thing that was always in my head is, what would love do? What would love do? What would love think? How would love act? How would love behave? And so I just did those things. Whatever answer I got, that love would do. Of course, for me, I ended up getting really beaten (laughs) beaten up a lot because love didn't fight. Love doesn't fight, you know. But um, I had to learn a little bit how to stand up for myself sometimes. But that's kind of, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. And so how, and this is a really personal question. You don't have to answer it if you don't want to. But how is your relationship relationship with your mom and dad now? You know, it's really evolved. I mean, for when I went away to Maui, I will tell you, uh, nobody was supporting what I was doing. None of my family. In fact, they were 24 hours a day, seven days a day screaming at me. I mean, it was just horrible. It was really horrible because they didn't really support uh, my mission um, and what I was doing, and they also didn't really understand what my mission was. However, um, now that relationship has so so um, become really beautiful because I see the gift that they gave me and are still giving me, and I've trans- I feel like I've transformed it into love and acceptance of them, of of who they truly are, and Aww. the gift that they really are, and the recognition that. Um, yeah, they're they're like angels for me in a different way. They help me become who I am. Aww. Um, do they know? believe in what you do now? No, they don't. They still don't. Aww. But they, they, they're more open-minded about Aww, it. They can handle bummer, it more. So. But What's they that? don't ask you to talk. They don't ask you to talk to their dog or anything no. like that. No. No. <laughs> they don't. I mean, it's just not part of their reality. I know. It's I hope one day it is. Well, you know what? This is the thing: is we all sign up for with different. Co- you know about contracts and oaths and agreements. I, I do, I do. Yeah, I really, so. I'm fortunate. You know, my parents were sort of a little bit the same way about you know when I went. I mean, they always supported me and they always wanted me to. They always thought I was sort of like the one that was just kind of the wild child, and you know mm-hmm. whatever I was focused on is good. I'm focused on something, I think. But, mm-hmm. um, but they, um. You know, it was like when I started to have like celebrity clients or something that they were like, "Oh, <laughs> right, do this." 
That's exactly for me, Laura. If they can relate <laughs> to it, they're into it. They are absolutely supportive yeah. as long as they can relate to it. If it's something they can't relate, they just they just they can't relate. It's not their fault. They just don't know. Yeah. Though my parents really have changed over the years. They really are very, very supportive of what I do and they really believe in it. And they they said something to me that really healed me the last time I saw them. They said, you know, I grew up on a horse farm and the year I left for college they um sold the horse farm and scattered all the animals. Mm. And it was devastating for me. Yeah. I mean, because I know where the, the cat barn cats went. And, you know, I found them all later on, but I didn't have them back as my own. And, wow. And my parents, wow. the, the last time I saw them, we were just thinking about how hard that must have been for you. And, mm. I mean, you hear them say that was so healing. It was like, Oh, my was gosh, yes. Beautiful, beautiful thing. Yes, that is so beautiful. I'm so glad that they gave you that gift. Parents don't always understand. I, I My parents never really understood this, and I, I don't know if they do even now, but the greatest gift a parent can give their child, my ex-boyfriend Tanner taught me this, the, mm-hmm. the greatest gift a parent can give their child is to say, I hear you and I understand. I hear mm-hmm. you and I understand. Just to so listen true. and acknowledge. So true. It's the best thing a friend can do too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We all—I really do believe that all of our woes and our arguments are not all, but like the majority of them are so largely due to being misunderstood and mm-hmm. to be not being acknowledged. Mm. And I learned that when Kenya died, because my dog Kenya, when she crossed, and this is really a fascinating story that would take too long to explain, but. Um, I, I was so devastated. I wanted to leave. I just I kept praying every night, please take me. I don't want to stay after she left. And um, uh, nobody really understood that. And I I found a friend. I had a friend in Maui who's also an animal communicator. And she was the first person who said to me, and she was so loving. She just, I can cry even. Oh, gosh, I don't know if this is your tears or mine. <laughs> I don't know who this is. But yeah. she said, Lori, I understand. I understand. I understand your grief. I understand your pain. I understand. And I just so needed that. Nobody had said that to me. Not my parents, not my friend, nobody. And she really understood. And that's what we it's need. So, it's so beautiful. And I feel like the animals who've had trauma in their life, they need to hear that too. They just yes. need to hear they understand and you love them. Yes, they yeah. really do. Because yeah. they go through so many of the same kinds of situations. And you know what? It's so funny, Laura, because you and I are on a tele-summit together over the next couple couple months or the next month. Tell everything about it. Yeah, let's talk about that. I was introducing you because we did sort of the opening, right? Mm -hmm. We did the opening. It's called Passion Tele-Summits, and the series is called Animal Life Lessons. And anyone can check it out and register for this tele-summit and to hear you during your call which is, what is yours? Is yours the um, 24th? It's the 20th, yes. The tw- I want to say it's the 21st. but Okay, well, I'm going to um, take a look at it but in a second. So anyway, I was introducing you the other day, and when I introduced you, I was saying that the thing that I love like most about your style is how you really understand the animal. 
like, I mean, everybody understands the animal. I, I think we all bring different gifts and di- make different contributions. But I feel like that's one of your greatest gifts as an animal communicator. Because I know for me, a lot of my focus is more like the human-animal bond. What's the animal teaching the human? What does the animal want the human to know? Um, you know, I, I, it's more of like a, a kind of a teacher perspective. But I think that you're one of the things I just love about your style is you go straight to the animal. You give the animal healing. And oh, that's so- that's sweet. That's sweet. It's Thank really beautiful that. what you do. Anyway, I had Aww. said that on the on the call uh, when I introduced you. So it's Passion Telesummits. The series is called Animal Life Lessons. You could register for that. It's free. It's, we're going to have five different animal communicators over the course of a month. And Laura, your call is on August 21st at 2 p.m. Pacific time. Um, we also have Dr. Laura Moore. She's a fantastic animal communicator, amazing empath and um, intuitive, and also a doctor. And she's on August 14th at 6 p.m. Pacific. Then we have, let's say them really quick, because people can go find out about it themselves if they go to Passion mm-hmm. Telesummits. Um, me, I'm on August 7th at 2 p.m. Pacific, and I'm going to be talking about um, animals and the shift of consciousness in 2012 and beyond and everything that's around that. Then we have Lynn McKenzie. She's on July 31st at 6 p.m. She's going to be talking about healing and the chakras with animals. And then we have Netta Whittles, and she's on July 31st. I'm doing this kind of in reverse in terms of time. Sorry about that. But um, And she's at 2 p.m. It's really great. And I... Yeah, and Susie Godsey, who does uh, Access Consciousness with Animals, and I love her, too. Yeah. She's brilliant, lots of fun, and she's on August 28th. So I hope and everybody Susie, will tune in and check that out. Yeah, Susie and I, we own dog pet sitting businesses at the same time in the same town. So oh, really? Yeah, we did. That's so funny. I know. I didn't know that. So yeah. I actually am hoping to have you and Susie do something else with me that I'm going to talk to you about afterwards, but I'm not going to announce it right now. So, But okay. anyone who wants to know what that other thing is, they can tune into these telesummits because we will probably be talking about it or possibly be talking about it then. So Great. very excited. Yeah. So, Lori, tell everybody your website just so that's out there too. Yeah. Well, my I have four websites. The name of my business is Ethel's God, which just spells dog's life backwards. E-F-I-L-S-G-O-D dot com. And Ethel's God mostly just talks about my, you know, my um, my my mission, my who, who I am and who we are. But really, if they want to know about me and my services, they can go to LoriSpagna dot com, L-O-R-I-S as in Sam, P as in Peter, A-G as in Gregory, N as in Nancy, A dot com, LoriSpagna dot com. And... There, if they register to be on the newsletter, by the way, they get a free teleclass intro to animal communication, how it works, and how you can start using it right away. And they also get a free Juicy Living ebook, which is really exciting. Mm. Plus, they get to be on my newsletter. I give lots of discounts. I give special offers and discounts through the newsletter. Lots of free teleclasses and telecalls and lots of opportunity to learn more about how to communicate with animals. And also, I teach about the shift of 2012 and as you know, how we all are waking up in the shift. Such this good stuff. Shift of consciousness, so, yeah. So, Lori, let's get to some callers because we've got a lot of them here. Woo-hoo. And, and um, so is there anything that you need to know from people when they come on the air about the animal that they would like to discuss? The only thing I need to know 
is really the name of the animal, the mm-hmm. name of the human, which is the parent or guardian, right? We don't say owner, right? You don't say owner anymore, right? Do you say well, owner? I think sometimes I say person. Oh, yeah, they're person. Human, dogs yeah. are awful, and cats will call them their person. But I don't say owner because you can't own a living being. It's impossible yeah, right. to own a living being. So, um, anyway, but the name of the, the human, the name of the animal, and then the geographic location, which means if they've crossed. So even if I, even if I, usually I can know if they're crossed, but it's very helpful for me since I don't have a picture. That's really all I need. And then if the person okay. has a very specific question, they can ask a very specific question if they want to know something in particular. Okay, so how do you? Otherwise, you I'll feel, just tune in and find out what's most important. Do you feel good about going on now? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, great. Okay, so everyone out there, when I bring you on, I'm going to say your last four digits of your phone number. So um, I am going to take 9152 right now, which is Penny, which I know her name already, but it's 9152. You're on the air. Oh, no, you're not. I'm so excited to be here. Hi, Thank Penny. you for taking my call. Hello. I'm so excited. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm I'm just elated right now to be talking to you, too. This is wonderful. Awesome. Um, I have a cat. Her name is Tasha. I love her. She's just the best animal I've ever had in my life. Um, I'm wondering if she has any messages for me. And then also, my husband and I are hoping to move in a couple months whenever we find the right home. Um, And I'm wondering how Tasha would feel if we would rescue other animals, maybe get a dog. I just want to know how she feels about this. I rescued her, and I was blessed with such a wonderful animal. And I'm wondering how she would be with that. Mm. Okay. Laura, do you want to tag team together on this? How do you want to do this? Sure, we can do that. What is all right? So, what I need to know is what does Tasha look like? She's all white, just like Makia. Oh, nice. Makia's my cat, Lori. Well, you know. Oh, that. awesome. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. I know. Well, I'll, I'll, okay. I will say, I'll say, and so if we tag team, Laura, just you just okay. say, I'll say what I'm picking up right away, and then and then you know you just okay. jump in okay, wherever, yeah, yeah. whatever you feels right. Take me a little longer. Okay, you go. So the thing that I'm picking up, first of all, this this cat Tasha feels very, very lucky and blessed to be with you too, is very, very aware uh, of the gift that you've given to her. Um, and there's a big thing coming up around this move. Like she knows that you're moving and definitely prepare her in the sense of, because um, she's telepathic, she knows your thoughts. So every time you have thoughts, she she knows them. So the thing for you is really to just, prepare her with words in a way that would be reassuring to her and be very mindful because she's very sensitive and gentle and she definitely has a need for you like she needs you to be sensitive and loving and gentle with her and so you can use your words to be like okay Tasha we're going to be moving and I just want you to know it's going to be really exciting and it's going to be a really great move for us. It's going to go easy and graceful for us, and we're going to be really so happy not only after we move but during the process too. And I want you to feel excited and good about it, so I'm just letting you know how excited and good I feel about it. And she'll read the energy as you say those words, if you say them with that kind of, that kind of the way that, you know, if you can hear the way that I said it, use the word excitement and looking forward to, and it's all going to be good and easy and graceful. So you're setting the stage for success for her and for you. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's great. I, I also got that she would like to have other animals as, lo- as long as that they are kind to her and that they are gentle with her. 
Okay. She said, yeah, how do I know? Oh, go ahead. Well, you were going to ask, how do you know if they're going to be the right match? Yeah. Yeah, I can hear your thoughts, too. So, <laughs> so funny. You, so you become Please, telepathic. Tell people that? I don't know <laughs> no, but that's what it is. I mean, we're all telepathic. I'm just tuned into yeah, it. I know, I know. I'm just teasing. You know what I mean? We're all telepathic. This is the language of the future. We're all going to be practicing telepathy. So, so true. So yeah. True. So so the um, the way that you'll know is, number one, what you could do is you could practice um, as a foster parent, and then you set Tasha up again for success. You say, hey, we're going to help some animals find their home. Um, and if you're, if, you know, if you're not, we're going to introduce the, the new foster to our home and set them up for success too by saying they're here temporarily so that they can find their most ideal and right forever home. And if it happens to be this home, we're open to that possibility. But you mm-hmm. set them both up knowing that you're providing a safe place temporarily and if they get along and everyone feels great, that's an option, but it's not a guarantee. So nobody gets disappointed. That's one way. Another way is what you really want to do is is when you're meeting animals, you can just really tune into the animal to just see, is this animal gentle and sweet and and sort of slow in their movements, not out of fear, but just mm. I definitely agree with what Laura is picking up there, that this Tasha, your cat, wants gentle sweetness. So you're going to be looking for an animal who's gentle and sweet, not dominant in behavior, not overly aggressive, not overly needy, not going to mm-hmm. steal the show, but going to be a great compliment in a very relaxed, peaceful, harmonious way. And right. you can also ask the universe to help you find that right that right animal for you and your family that's going to compliment you and your family in this way, a most benevolent way. And how would you okay. go about asking the universe, Lori? How would you do that? I would just, I would literally just go to this, uh, I would go in a little bit of a prayer. One of my favorite ways to pray, I know this is going to sound crazy to some people, is I go sit in the restroom. Like not, you know, I just sit with the toilet seat down uh, as a seat, and I look in the mirror because the mirror is opposite, and I just do a prayer, and I look through my eyes into God's eyes, the God within me, and the God that I am connected to that runs in and through me and everyone and I do a prayer that way, and I just say, we'd like to invite a new animal into our home in this way or whatever it is, and we'd like this animal to be really happy with us and for us to be really happy with this animal. I just mm-hmm. state very clearly what I'm asking for, and I make sure that the way that I'm asking for it is is a right way for me and for you know whatever is involved, and then I let it go. I say, universe, please help us find a, 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 an ideal match for our home that's someone who's going to be really happy in our home, and someone who Tasha's going to be really happy with, and I'm going to be really happy with, who's going to compliment our family in a most peaceful, benevolent way. So I do that in a prayer, and then I release, and I trust that the universe has heard me because it has. It absolutely Mm -hmm. has. When we request help, it it responds. The universe responds to our requests. It's just that... Mm -hmm. Uh, and I'll wrap up because I know I, I have a lot of I say a lot of words, yeah. but I just want to make this last comment. Most people, what we do is we go around in the universe, say, you know, with an we've been programmed with an I can't or it's not possible attitude or I don't have, and so the universe always says yes. Mm. You say I don't have this, I don't have enough money, I can't find this, I can't do that, that's not possible. The universe says, okay, I honor you. Yes, that's true. But if we say, 
could it be possible or is this possible or would you help me with this or show me the way the universe says yes right? mm. so it's always that way 100% of the time yeah it's true but I, I want to bring something up because there are times when I have done something like that and then you kind of get like um, I've kind of gotten like a kickback and it's sort of been the opposite comes first and that's I've right heard I've heard of Wayne Dyer talk about that, too. It's like sometimes the universe will send you these reasons why it can't be, it can't happen. Yeah. It's not and the universe. It's not the universe sending you those in that case. It's all your it? resistance to the thing that you, you want or desire coming up so you can look at it and go, hello, resistance. Thank you. Oh. I'm ready to release oh. you so that I can have what I want. Oh, that I love is Wayne really Dyer, but it's not the universe sending you anything. It's the universe trying to give you what you want and showing you what's in the way so that you can clear it out. Oh, that's so interesting that you say that. So I think it's important for people, if for some reason it comes back like that, to think of it as resistance so that you can clear it rather than, uh, oh, my gosh, look, nothing happens to me. I'm cursed or right. nothing happens. Or, right. We yeah. have to start seeing the world and the universe as 100% here to support us as unique individuals. It absolutely yeah. is. It's just that our interpretation for so long has been really a human interpretation. The human interpretation is that the universe isn't here to support me or, you know, whatever, I can't, it's not possible. We get programmed like that. We get programmed through TV and through the media and through, you know, our teachers sometimes, our parents, our, our government, our, I mean, don't get me started on all that. So <laughs> we, just, we're the, we are the ones in control of our lives, of our thoughts, of our emotions. And so it becomes within us to, to say, okay, the universe, show me how you're helping me. Show me this in a way that I can understand. Help me to know that you are always on my side. And and, and it doesn't mean uh, it, it doesn't mean not on someone else's side. It's not an opposition here. It's more like right. everyone can have what they want. We exist in our own reality. If that I know, sense. and that that's what I want to say that that I that what I find you know I've I've sort of reached out sometimes to other animal communicators and I haven't been so um, um, welcomed as I have been welcomed by you. And I I want to say thank you. It it feels so good to um, meet someone who's like me and who wants my business to prosper and doesn't see me as a threat. Mm. And um, I think that's so important for people in every field or in whatever you're doing in life, you know, whether you're jogging with a friend or whatever it may be, that that the universe will provide for all of us in abundance and that... Yeah. No one necessarily is better than the other, going to be rewarded more than the other. Yeah, that's and, true because when we when we realize what's really happening here, this is part about what, what I teach about with 2012 and the shift, what's really happening here is we're all waking up to the interconnectedness of all of us, how we're all connected, how there's nothing that happens that doesn't affect someone else. And so if we want to be happy, we must choose whatever we want we must choose that not only for ourselves but for others and this is what i say my mission really is to to help the people of the planet wake up because if the people if that's really and truly my mission to help the people of the planet wake up and the because the animals are already awake that means your job laura and every other animal mm -hmm. communicators is enormously important to me it's enormously. so true i agree because you are so you're a facilitator of that yeah and so great. 
Yeah, and it also means that everybody else's dream, whatever it is, whether it's animal communicating, whether it's psychic development, whatever it is, as long as it's a a force of good, ideally, you know, a force of contribution to the betterment of our world, that dream is really important to me too. I want people Mm. to succeed and be happy because I know the more happiness is in this world, the more harmony is in this world, the better this world's going to be. So nice. We're all going to be. Okay, let's take another caller. I hope that was helpful. Yes, yeah, thank you, Penny. Thank you, oh, Penny. Thank you. Okay, we are going to take uh, 6793. You're on the air. Hello. Hello. Yes, I have a question about my pet that passed away. What's your name? Linda. Hi, Linda. And my pet- my pet's name is Mookie Two Godskill. I'm sorry, I'm so emotional over it. Oh, sorry. Uh, I want to know, like, you know, the question is, what will he return as? Where can I find him at? And what will he look like? And what date, what day can I know to go find him? Can you say the pet's name one more time, the animal's name? Yeah, it's it's like M O O K E Y, Mookie. 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 Yes, ma'am. Okay. He's a ferret. He's a ferret. Uh huh. He passed away July second, uh, and mm-hmm. the sleep. He had a pancreas tumor. Mhm. Okay. Well, the first thing I want to say to you, can you say and you say your name one more time? I'm sorry, Linda. It's Linda. Fine. Linda, um, the first thing I want to say is I, I understand your your grief. I really do. I understand. It hurts. It but hurts for so like an unofficial, what do you call a, a, a um, pet, uh, like people who are handicapped have a pet, what do you call it, service, unofficial service animal because uh, yes. you can't make them legal, you know, for, for service. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's an anxiety. Yeah, the grief of losing a loved one. It does not matter if the loved one comes in a human body or an animal body. Is enormous and it's overwhelming. And I really, I just want you to make sure you put yourself around lots of loving, supportive people, and but love and know. support yourself through this, because it's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can. I can feel your sadness. And it is, it's so challenging. But here's what I also want to say, Linda. It's not bottomless. I promise you the grief is not bottomless. I promise you that as you release it and work through it, your your animal Mookie is is definitely still around you and hasn't come into another body yet because he, he he's not finished with his contract with you yet. And a lot of it's, to help you go through the transition period. So he's still around you in a way to let him. He has to go off a little bit and work through some of his stuff in this sort of afterlife world. But he doesn't really have a whole lot because he, he's all love. You see, he's all love. And, yeah, it's all love. So in terms of your question of when he'll come back, it's it's actually quite easy to have an animal back, come back most of the time. 
but it does require us to complete our healing process around it first, mm-hmm. most of the time. When I say the healing process, you know, to work through the grief because we have to let go of the that old stuff so that when they come back in a new incarnation, in a new body, that we're free to have a new relationship with them, even if they are the same, the a new embodiment of the same essence of the animal, the same awareness, the same consciousness, the same being. Does that make sense? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting that you say it and you say it in that way because I follow a lot of reincarnation stories and I've just been doing that for the last, you know, year and a half or so or two years. Yeah, this and is your, one of your I, specialties, right? Yeah. I, reincarnation never was before. I always kind of stayed away from it, but I just started to really study it in the last couple of years. And... um I always tell people the animals that come back the fastest and who are clearest about about what they will be when they come back are the ones whose people have let them go. Yeah. And um, you you really sort of answered that for me about why that is, you know? Yeah. So because energetically our grief and all of that keeps them bound to us. And us bound to them, but not not in the physical form. It's the old them keeps us tied. So if we want them to come back in another physical body, we have to resolve the grief, release it, you know, heal from it over time, however long we need. This is appropriate. And then when we move into a state of clarity, we can call them back. We can we can do a prayer and say, "I would like to have you back into my life again." And if you're willing, which most of the times when the animal is so deeply bonded to the human and to the human so deeply bonded, a a majority of times that 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 is possible, they will indeed come back. And not most, but a majority, a large majority. And then you say, okay, I'm going to begin to look for, in this case, a new ferret, if you want it in a ferret form. You might want them in a dog form. Yeah, I I read to him my goodbye note, and I told him, Right. So let me. I'll add a little clarity too from from my yes, perspective I'm, because I'm I, 
because Mookie won and I went through so many bad things and I wanted him back so bad and I thought that supposedly he was Mookie too. But please yes, explain. he was Mookie too. So he could still be too Mookie too. Yeah, he, he is could Mookie still too. Be. Here's, here's the thing, Linda. Listen, hear this out. What happens is we incarnate in one life in a physical body. This is true for humans and animals. We're an animal, by the way. We we are a type of animal. So uh-huh. we incarnate in one life. We go through experiences in the lifetime. We learn, we grow, and we evolve along our path. Then the body sheds, the physical body dies. The essence of the being, the soul, the spirit of the being continues to live even without a physical form. And it goes through maturations. We mature. Okay, we learn, we grow, we evolve, we pick up all those lessons, those experiences, we work through them in lifetime, in physical form, and in between lives. Then we come back again in another body. That's how Mookie too came back. It was okay. Mookie one, but it's still it's a it's a it's an evolved being. It's more evolved. So he's not exactly the same as he was was when he was Mookie one. He's a little different. He's grown up. He's matured. Same now. When you get the next Mookie. When the time is right, this Mookie will be an evolved essence, another the mm-hmm. same being with more awareness, with more evolution, with more growth. So not exactly the same, but almost like you're not the same person you were 20 years ago or five years ago That's or even true. two days ago, really. Yeah. You see? Okay. So you evolve. And I do so, see a kitty. I see a long-haired kitty with, like, stripes on his face. Okay. Is, is, I don't, is, that, is he telling me that's what he will be? Or? I think that's, that's what he'll come back as. Because I see his, like, little, his eyes, his eyes are golden, and he has, um, like, a really big face and stripes on his face, and he's a long hair. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, but, again, you know, uh, golden stripes on his face, is he white or? Uh, well, can I add something to this? Can I can I sure. say? I I don't know that that's necessary. I mean I, that's I'm not picking that up. So I don't know if that's necessarily true. But oh, what I, I generally know, I mean, if Laura's got that, I I know Laura's an awesome psychic. But what I generally know is that nothing has happened yet. He that's hasn't yeah. incarnated yet. And um, if he comes back as a cat, as Laura's picking it up, or if he comes back as a dog, or if he comes back as another fairy, that hasn't. From what I understand, that hasn't been decided yet, and that maybe, you know, Laura's picking up on that possibility, that that could be a possibility, might be one of several, and it seems like it's maybe um, an opportunity for you and to take the time to heal and to get clear. There's no rush in this, right? Because you've got right now so much grief and sadness to work through anyway. You, you really are, you have to put your attention on working through the grief and sadness of the crossing so that when you're ready to welcome the new Mookie into your life and the new animal, whatever form that animal takes, that you will be able to welcome them in in love and enthusiasm and well, enjoyment for the future. And I, and then we should probably roar up. And when You'll just be drawn to him. You'll be just be drawn to each other. It actually is really easy. And you'll just see another animal and you'll feel like you need to bring that animal into your life. And it will just feel completely natural. And you might not all of a sudden say, oh, my gosh, this is Mookie coming back. But you'll say, I have a 
connection with this pet, with this animal, and I feel like I need to to share some time with this animal. And then over time you might see that it's Mookie. Well, is it possible, you know, after a month or so, I could call back to get help to find him? Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can definitely call back and and see if My there's there, if if he knows more. And when I get that he, you know, when I see him being a cat, he could be exploring some of the things that he would like to come back as. You know, because yeah, I feel that's, like that's, that's kind of what I got, Laura. And you, you know, like, Laura, are there oh, other callers too? Because I don't know if there are, there, but you definitely want to. There are. Okay. So well, thanks for. And we're going to take one more call because we only have four well, more minutes. Well, I love him, and I miss him so much. Okay, he hears you. He hears you. Okay. okay. Thank you. We're You're welcome. Nine, nine zero two one. You're on the air. Hi. <laughs> so, um, I actually put a picture of this, Laura, uh, of of our new little family on your Facebook page. And um, so it's me, Crystal, and my son, Calum, and we have a chow named Songshi Kwan, and we recently had um, our a dog pass. His name was Artemis. And then we brought a new dog into the home, and she's in the picture, and her name is Lucy the Basset Hound. And so my son and I were just kind of wondering um, how Lucy and Songshi Kwan seem to be liking it together and how Lucy kind of is enjoying, you know, me and my son. And mostly I think we just want to know if there's anything that they want us to know. Okay. I don't see their pictures. Um, will you tell me what they look like again? Here, yeah. Um, um, I posted it on Laura, on your actual Laura Stinchfield page, not the Animal Psychic page. Um, I think I posted it on your personal page. But I put it on your wall. And... Um, there, Songshi Kwan is a chow, and Lucy is a basset hound. Okay. Oh, yeah, there they are. <laughs> and which one is the new one? Lucy, the basset hound, is the new one. Okay. So, so the chow says that she thinks that she's, it's fun to have her, but she thinks that she's a little sad. Is it true? Is the basset a little sad? Um, she might be. We rescued her from the Central Valley Rescue Railroad, so we're not, I mean, we don't really know where she came from or what her life has been like, but I do know that my son is in love with her, and she seems to want to follow me around quite a bit. (laughs) She said she always had women before. But I like the son, too. He's really nice to me. What about you, Laura? Are you getting anything? I'm getting that the the. I, I mean, I'm not looking at the picture, but the previous dog uh, uh, is a little more serious than mm. the new dog, Lucy, who's mm-hmm. very kind of innocent and playful. Not so much innocent and playful, but like more a little more needy. Maybe it's more, um, but in a good way, needy. Not like needy, like obnoxious. Needy, like she's playful and she she wants some. And I can see that there's some sadness there too behind there mm-hmm. from the past. But mostly, what I get is that that the new the the newer dog, which is Lucy, um, 
is going to kind of steal the show a little bit. And mm. the older dog is a little bit more serious and a little less, um, you know, but I... I uh, Ooh, Lori, we've got 40 minutes, uh, 40 seconds left of the show. Oh, I want you, okay. I want you to be able to say your contact and everything. Oh, yeah, okay, so we'll wrap up with that. But, um, yeah. yeah, they can definitely call, you know, check, go to lorispania.com and ethelsgod.com. It spells dog's life backwards. And register for the Juicy Living ebook and the free teleclass. And they can check us out next week on the teleseries, Passion Telesummits. And I've always got, oh, I've got an advanced animal communication workshop this weekend. If anyone's interested, they can contact me to find out more about that. Oh, that's great. You can check out my website at thepetpsychic.com. And that's thepetpsychic.com. And, Lori, thanks for joining us. It was such a pleasure to have you on. Oh, thanks, Laura. It was so much fun. Thank you to everybody, and thank you so much for having me. It was a joy. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.